0: to Thrive and today we are having Thrive part 15. Um, this morning um, I went to the clinic for the regular um, wellness women checkup. So as I you know walked into the clinic they would ask you to just go do your um, blood pressure yourself. So I went in there slid my hand into the machine and then he printed out the you know, the results. I was quite pleased and I was like, oh, thank God. Let me just cool down. Usually they'll say, cool down, relax, and then try again. Then it's likely to be better. So I was like, oh, thank God. Anyway, I have nothing to to be worried about. I have nothing to make my heart um, palpitate at this moment. All of a sudden, I remembered I was taking Thrive. And my heart went boom, boom. And of course, the result that came out was worse. I just gently And Kukuma kept the second results in my bag and presented, you know, the first result. So God will help us this night (laughs) in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'd like to share an experience that, um, um, relates to what we are learning this evening. Um, that happened to me about two weeks ago. Um, how many people here have seen the Black Panther movie? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm not usually, um, My husband is not usually the type that likes um, science fiction movies. So I had to convince him that we should go see the Black Panther because I had heard so much noise about it and my ears were filled. So when we got to the cinema, the the whole place, you know, the ticketing section was really jam-packed. So the section, the side I I was, there were three queues. So I queued up, this couple came up behind me, queued up as well. But along the line then, they went to the queue right beside me. So the guy was attending to everybody one by one, one after the other, selling tickets to them. And then the couple, they were, you know, engaging in a conversation saying, oh, that um, they are hoping that it's not gonna be overbooked this night, or that they've heard that these people have been overbooked before. And then um, eventually the, the, the people that told them did not, that told them that story did not get to see the movie. Eventually. So I was like, ah, no, the, the, the theater is a very large one. I've heard I can sit about 500 or 600 people that they shouldn't worry about it. So at that point, we, the three of us were all in front, myself, the couple beside me. But the guy, the cashier, was supposed to attend to me next. But then he went away, came back, forgot that I was supposed to be the next. Was, then he went, he went ahead to, you know, wanted to attend to, to those people. In my mind, I was like, mm, let me just be nice. After all, when, if, when he's done with them, he will attend to me. Then I heard Lamide, those are the last two tickets. This is not the time to be nice. Immediately I said, Excuse me, please. Um, you know, I came here before you, so it's meant to be. They said, Oh, no problem. Go ahead. Please sell to her. And then, and then, as soon as the man took my order, another person came right at the back and said, Tickets sold out. I was like, Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So God speaks. And then he's an untimed God, you know. He's got times and seasons in his hands. And if only we would yield to him, he would always speak consigning us, in, and he will always speak to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to start with the opening that says, have you ever had an experience which was unpalatable at that time? It wasn't a nice experience. You know, you grumbled, you complained about it, but the experience now turned out, to be such a blessing? Who would like to share? The experience turned out to be such a... So it was a, you know, what we call blessing in disguise. You know, the kind of experience that will help you to remember, oh, all things work together for good to them that love God and are the according to his purpose. Let me share an experience that happened in my childhood. Six of us, four girls, two, two boys, and during the holiday would typically have... Um, families, you know, coming, um, to visit and spend the holiday with us. So during this particular holiday, we had five of my cousins, five female cousins, you know, they came to the house. So there were nine of us girls in the house, all young teenagers, you know, but the good thing was we're Christians, we're always praying together, you know, with the help of my, my brother. So sometimes later on in the during the day, towards the night, there was power failure, you know, and the power failure was such that there was power failure on one part, in one part of the house, but in the other part of the house, there was electricity. So the part that, you know, um, belongs to my parents, there was electricity, our own part that leads to our own rooms, the children's rooms, there was no electricity. So we're grumbling and complaining, you oh, know, what is all this about? Never, they started again. If you want to take the light, just take the lights. And if you want to bring the light, just bring the light. What is all this about? But, you know, we didn't know that God was going to use it to work out for, um, work out for our good. So later at night, around 12 midnight, my brother came and started knocking, you know, and started banging and knocking on the door. Stop praying, arm robbers! stop praying, arm And it went to all the rooms. And so all the girls came to the room. We all came together to one room nine girls, you know, we started speaking in tongues, some of them got on the, on the bed. You know, the Bible says, watch and pray. They got on the bed and covered themselves with duvet. I'm like, ah, I just went behind a bookshelf, covered myself there and started to continue my own speaking in tongues. You know, so the, the boys two went together in one room and everybody was praying. You know, my dad had a gun in the house, but at that point, the guns failed him. And then they had given him a broom. Some people will be familiar with that broom. They had given in a broom that you hang on the door. If anybody, if any hand dropper comes into the house, they will just pick the broom and be sweeping. These hand droppers did not pick the broom and sweep. (laughs) So, you know, the moment they came inside, they just went to that section that there was electricity. You know, um, and my mom knew that all the girls were at home. And my mom was worried. And then she, she just came out and said, ah, knee, we are here. This is where we are. And diverted their attention towards that place. And, you know, I just really want to thank God that they went to all the rooms in the house. Now, the other room, they came to the other room. And they, they, they came to the other sitting room where there was no electricity, where it was dark. That led to our own room. And at a point, one of the armed robbers, there were about 15 of them in number. They were armed. They shot our security guard. You know, the guy almost died. So it was really that bad. And they were all drunk. My dad then wasn't born again. He liked to take his, um, um, what's it called? Um, That thing they call Babadudu, what's it again? Stout. He liked one bottle of stout every night. My dad liked it. So we had stout in the fridge and then they went straight into the fridge and they were drunk. They spent about two, three hours in the house. But you know, at one point, they, they leaned on the door that led to our own room. And we thought they were about to open the door and come in. I was like, a ah, ha Shandara Kabosh. And then everyone is speaking in tongues very, very lowly. Don't let them hear. Praise <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you know, I just want to give thanks unto the most high God because they went to virtually every room in the house except those two rooms. And God used that, you know, to work for our good. Neighbors, neighbors did not believe that we were not we no molested, we were not raped. It was meant to be my sister's, my elder sister's 21st birthday the following Saturday. And my parents were like, we still go ahead with the birthday. If we postpone it, they would think, okay, maybe we're telling lies that you guys were not raped, you were not molested. You know, but that, that experience, you know, helped my dad to come to Christ. Because he had this gun, the gun failed him. He had the broom, the brooms failed him. You know, and at the end of the day, the following day, when we all gathered together to give God all the thanks, my dad came and joined us and held hands with us and we prayed to God. So, praise the Lord. So, if, there, if, if anybody thinks there's no good in PHCN or NEPA, there is some good, though. Just trust the Lord Almighty. Amen. Does anyone, I want one person to share um, an experience, a similar experience that they had, that eventually turned out for, for their good. Any hand up? Okay, no hand up. Okay, we'll move on. So can you please turn your Bibles with me to, book, to John chapter 7. We're going to be reading from verses 1 to 24. John 7 verses 1 to 24. After this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. And Jesus' brother said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. For even his brother didn't believe in him. Jesus replied, now is not the right time for me to go, but you can go anytime. The world can't hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. You go on, I'm not going to this festival. Because my time has not yet come. After saying these things, Jesus remained in Galilee. But after his brother left for the festival, Jesus also went, though secretly, staying out of the public view. The Jewish leaders tried to find him at the festival and kept asking asking if anyone had seen him. There was a lot of grumbling about him among the crowds. Some argued, he's a good man. But others said, "He's nothing but a fraud who deceives the people. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, for they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Then, midway through the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. The people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained? They asked. So, Jesus told them, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own. Those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves. But a person who speaks to honor the one who sent him speaks truth, not lies. Moses gave you the law, but none of you obeys it. In fact, you are trying to kill me. The crowd replied, you are demon-possessed. Who is trying to kill you? Jesus replied, I did one miracle on Sabbath and you were all amazed. But you walk on the Sabbath too when you obey Moses. Moses' law of circumcision Actually, this tradition of circumcision began with the patriarchs long before the law of Moses. For if the correct time for circumcising your son falls on the Sabbath, you go ahead and do it so as not to break the law of Moses. So, why should you be angry with me for healing a man on the Sabbath? Look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. Amen. So, today we are... um, looking at John seven, that's part 15 of, um, the book of John. And, um, I remember when we did part one of the book of John, pastor said a lot about John, you know, John, John actually focused, you know, on the deity of Jesus. The book of John started with in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, you know? So he focused on Jesus as God and Jesus as, as human you know, he came to dwell amongst us. And I remember Papi saying that, um, you know, all the other synoptic gospels, you know, quoted the parables. Matthew, Mark, Luke, those are the synoptic gospels, you know, had a lot of parables. But John, is only the book of John that has no parables at all. But it focused squarely on the teachings of Jesus. So we saw, we saw Jesus saying, he is the bread of life and we saw Jesus multiplying bread, you know, bread of life, God multiplying bread, bread for people to eat flesh, you know, and we saw him exhibiting different traits, you know, of, um, of, of what it means to be a human being. Um, he was hungry at a point. He was thirsty at the well when he spoke with the, um, Samaritan woman, you know, those are all the human side of, of God. And then we saw the God side of him, the miracles he did, you know, the calling himself the, the bread of life. And um, we, we saw that um, there was a time at one point when it didn't multiply the bread anymore. The people were angry and it started telling them, eat my flesh and drink my blood. You know, a lot of people, a lot of the disciples deserted him. And, you know, Peter said, you know, where do we go? We, we can't desert you, only you have the word of life. Amen. So, we look, we start today's um, teaching verses one and five. Verse, verse one says, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea because Jewish leaders were plotting his death. And um, can I have the, the map up, please? The, the, the map that there was, this, there's this map that pastor has been using, showing Jesus' movement from you know, Judea, Galilee, and so here it says Je- Jesus walked around Galilee. He was avoiding, you know, going into Judea because he was going to be killed. You know, they were they were plotting his death. Let's move on. Soon it was time for the verse two. Soon it was time for the Jewish festival of of um, of the tabernacles. Another version says of the shelter. Now, there are three festivals that are very important to the Jews. That's the Passover, the Pentecost, and this one. This one reminds the, the Israelites of the time, you know, when they, were in the, um, when they were in the wilderness and they had to live in booths or they had to live in um, huts, you know, made with leaves and trees and things like that. So, for, for seven days, they were meant to, you know, live in such shelters, you know. Um, and this was supposed to happen in Jerusalem. But Jesus' brothers were actually pushing, pushing for him to go. And we will learn from here. My first point, please CMM, don't bring it up yet. It is wise to, this is from the devotional. We did it about three Sundays ago. The devotional we had three Sundays ago. Who can help us? It is wise to dash until it is time to dash. There's a hand. It is wise to don't until it is time to shine praise the lord so we're gonna to learn today that god is a god who is always on time i remember papi saying something about you know i'm not late i may not be starting this thing early but i'm not late i'm on god's schedule you know and god is right on time his brothers jesus's brothers are telling him go you know anybody who wants to be popular um would do a lot of things to be famous so that it can be seen. We get on Instagram. We get on social media. We start posting all sorts of popular things, you know. But Jesus knew better. Jesus wasn't interested in being a public figure. Jesus was interested in being a God figure, you know, so that anybody who saw him would see, Je- would see God and the glory of the Most High in him. And so, and Jesus knew, Jesus knew that... There's time for everything and he's on schedule because he has come to this world to do the will of the Father and not to do his own will. So I will ask a question. Why do you think Jesus' brother didn't want him around them? Why do you think Jesus' brother didn't want him around them? Any hand? Why now? Let's talk, let's contribute. Why? Why didn't they want him? Why were they telling me, oh, go, go to Jerusalem, go to Judea? If you want to be popular, that's where your uh, disciples are, just go and be doing all these miracles. Why? What was the motive? You know? Why? Maybe um, my, my thinking, I was thinking probably, you know, because previously he had multiplied bread. And maybe they had approached John. Maybe they were looking for some financial or material gains from him. And ah, this, this, this miracles that you're doing, it's, it's a good thing. You know? Maybe we should just go and open a bakery. You know, Jesus' bakery. You'll be multiplying bread. And we'll be selling bread. We'll be selling fish. And be making a lot of money. But of course, Jesus wasn't interested in that. You know, so who else has... Um, you know, other probably, no, no reason is right or wrong. Just let me know your line of thoughts. Why do you think his brothers didn't want him around? Okay, there's a hand there. I think I liken it to Joseph. Every time he shows up with them, there's always a need from the people and the glory of God will shine. Giving Jesus part of the glory. So maybe they are tired of the superstardom. Mm. As much as Jesus was trying to hide, mm. he really couldn't hide. Mm. Because if he saw a need, he will, he will meet that need. Mm. So maybe they were jealous and tired thank you. Of the, yeah, Probably more jealous than so they are pushing me away so that he will not show up with them and mm-hmm. take away their own shine. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So jealousy could be part of it. Envy could be part of it. No financial gains, no material gains could be part of it. So, But uh, his, his brothers were not ready to stand by him. They were not interested in standing by Jesus. But you know what? It really doesn't matter. My next point says, he who doesn't stand by you, when you stand for the Lord, will eventually stand down for you in the name of Jesus. When they see the glory of the Lord, when they see the power of the Lord, they would have no choice but to make way and stand down eventually for you in the name of Jesus. I remember one of them, um, this this is a quote by a pastor. He says, hold tightly to God and hold loosely. To people, you know, Jesus knew that um, for him to actually do exploits for God, he needed to tarry in the secret place, you know, and he didn't need to listen to to his brothers. So my next point is, Jesus didn't let the praises or criticism of men define him. Matthew sixteen twenty four. Matthew sixteen twenty four. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. So here, we're seeing that Jesus is giving up his own way. It would have been nice for him to go to Judea, you know, and, um, um, you know, show himself to the followers. But Jesus was a man on time, on on God's schedule. And um, the truth is, if you give men the power to bring you into limelight. At any particular point in time, they can deem it, you know. At any particular point in time, they can deem it. Jesus knew that his focus wasn't so that it could be popular or he could be famous. His pup- purpose was so that he could save mankind. He could reconcile mankind to God. And jesus decided to stay back can we go to verse four please jesus decided to stay back verse four okay verse five says okay verse four you can't become famous if you hide like this if you can do such wonderful things show yourself to the world for even his brothers didn't believe in him you know they were they were quite sarcastic they didn't believe in him but jesus was not moved by that You know, because he wasn't seeking the limelight. So he who doesn't stand by you, when you stand for the Lord, will eventually stand down for you. Hold on tightly to God and loosely to people. A quote by pastor. Amen. So Jesus did not... Okay, another thing I I really want to point out from there. You would recall that um, in chapter 2 of John... Jesus went with Mary to a wedding and then when Mary was asking him to do this, you know, the miracle that you can do it. Um, Jesus told Mary that woman, um, my time has not yet come. What has that got to do with my time has not yet come. But pastor made, made, made a very profound, you know, analogy, analogy, and he said that some things are set, you know, but when you have influence with God, you can change that. Of course, Jesus knew what he was saying. It wasn't as though he didn't know what he was saying. But truly, his time hadn't come, but Mary had influence with God. So if you have influence with God, you can change things. But here, what can we see? Jesus, is, it's the same thing Jesus was telling the disciples. My time hasn't yet come, but did he change anything? He was telling his brothers, my time hadn't yet come, but did he change anything? No. Why didn't he change anything? Okay, there's a hand there. Why didn't he change anything? Praise God. Hallelujah. I think motive is important because when Mary put pressure on Jesus before his time, the motive was to help people. Thank you. When the brothers put um, pressure on Jesus, it was out of spite. Thank you. It was more like a setup for him. Absolutely. So, motive is important with God. Thank you. God, God looks into the heart. What is your motive? Why are you saying it? Thank you. Praise the Lord. So, have you ever experienced the betrayal of a sibling? Who would like to share? Was there ever a time you experienced the the betrayal of a sibling? I'm sure Jesus was betrayed. And at one point or the other, we all, you know, experienced betrayal. But at the end of the day if we hold on to god if our motive is right our motive is always right we're walking on time schedule on god's schedule at the end of the day the glory of the lord will continually be seen amen so the secret things belong to our god and when you thrive in that secret place jesus stayed back in galilee verse 5 why do you think jesus stayed back in spite of the sarcasm? You know, in spite of the pressure from his brothers to leave, he chose to stay back. He chose to just withstand everything because he's a man on schedule. Amen. Jesus is a man on schedule. We must learn to thrive in the secret place and allow God to bring us out of obscurity. When man brings you into the limelight, they determine your time out which is absolutely true. When you allow man to bring you into the limelight, they will determine your time out. We'll see eventually that when Jesus eventually got to Jerusalem and, you know, the Jewish leaders were looking and looking and plotting to kill him, he couldn't be found because Jesus had spent time in the secret place. He was on... Unch- Imagine if Jesus had gone at the time when... His brothers were putting pressure on him, you know. He wants to be famous, you know. If you want to be famous, just go to Jerusalem, go to Judea right now, you know. But Jesus remained. After a while, Jesus left. Jesus left after a while. Amen. So if you don't if you don't understand the, the concept of God's timing, then, then your, your, your time will be a tool in the hands of the enemy. May our time not be tools in the hands of the enemy. In the name of Jesus. Amen. How? We must learn to thrive in the secret place. Allow God to bring us out of obscurity. When man brings you into limelight, they determine your, your time out. Amen. So Jesus did not allow his um, brothers to determine when he was leaving but he still stayed and later he went secretly he stayed back he was spending time in the presence of God he was walking you know with God step by step and wanted to know you know when am I supposed to leave when am I supposed to stay back amen so may the Lord help us in Jesus name Psalm, Psalm 90 verse 12 says you know um Teach us to number our days so that we can apply our hearts to wisdom. When the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to number your days, you know, to help you plan your days, then you become wiser. You are able to apply your heart to wisdom. I want to make reference to this story in in the book of Acts chapter 21 verses 10 to 14. We're not going to read it, but we can go there. Acts chapter 21 verses 10 to 14. So we see there that, um, okay, several days later, a man named Agabus, who also had the gift of prophecy, arrived from Judea. He came over, took Paul's belt, and bound his feet and hands with it. Then he said, The Holy Spirit declares, so shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and turned over to the Gentiles. When, he, when we heard this, we and the local believers all begged Paul not to go to Jerusalem. So they were beg- begging Paul not to go to Jerusalem. But these other people were begging Jesus to go to Jerusalem. Why all this weeping? You are breaking my heart. I'm ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but even to die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. When it was clear that we couldn't persuade him, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. Amen. So, this man, they had told him, like like Jesus knew that he was going to die. But, you know, even if he died for the sake of the gospel, you know, he still died for God. But it wasn't the right time for him to go. It wasn't the right time for him to go and die. But here was Paul saying, if, if God says, I'm going to die, this is the right time for me to die, then I'll go and die, you know, praise the Lord. So, Jesus is somebody that was so, somebody that actually walked, you know, in line with God's timing, you know, praise the Lord. His brothers did not have power and influence, and I pray that in the name of Jesus, we all will have power and influence with God in Jesus' name, Amen. John 7, 6 to 9. Can we splash that on the screen? 6 to 9. If you do not understand the concept of God's timing, then your time becomes a tool in the hands of the enemy. So I want to encourage us this night. Let us learn to move by the leading of the Holy Spirit. You know, I I, I remember a particular passage. I think Galatians chapter 1. When um, Paul was saying that when God revealed to him what he was supposed to do, that he did not consult with any man. He moved immediately. So let us move with God's timing. And when we move with God's timing, all things we work together for our good in the name of Jesus. And the glory of the Lord will be seen in our lives. And his name will always be glorified. Let's, let's learn to follow instruction. Imagine the story I gave at the beginning of, if I, you know, it wasn't a bad thing for me to, allow, allow, to have allowed those tickets to be sold to those people. I just wanted to be nice. After all, maybe I may end up, you know, preaching to them, evangelizing to them. So if I was so selfish with my space, how would I, you know? But, but Holy Spirit was telling me, me did not know, this is not the time to be nice. This is the time to act and move. Amen. May we have influence with God. May we hear when the Lord is speaking to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. John 7, 6 to 9. Now is not the right time for me. The world can hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. And that is the truth. If you're moving along the same route, along the same direction with the world, you're not going to have any collision but if you are moving in opposite direction with the world you are bound to have collision but guess what is with us like a mighty terrible one There's nothing anybody can do. The Bible says, he will do us in the secret place of the most high. We abide under the shadow of the almighty. So if you've learned to dwell in the secret place of the most high, everywhere you go, you see the shadow of the most high God behind you. You know, when you walk, when you make a decision, when you do anything, and if they want to, people will always see the shadow of the most high God. You take a step, instead of my shadow, it's the shadow of the most high God. Can the shadow of the most high God be attacked? No, it cannot be attacked. Amen. So, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. So, if you do not understand the concepts, I'm saying it again, if you do not understand the concepts of God's timing, then men will mess up your timing. Amen. Mary had influence with God. That's the next point. But his brothers didn't. You know, Psalm 69 verse 8 says, you know, even, even, even my brothers—it was a f- um, Even my brothers pretend they don't know me. They treat me like a stranger. So you know that was a fulfillment of that um, prophecy. Praise the Lord. John seventeen. But after his brothers left for the festival, Jesus also went, though secretly. Amen. So we can see a lot of, you know, secrets, secret. His brothers were telling him, go. Jesus refused to, to go. He stayed back, you know, and the brothers were telling him, if you want to be famous, do this, do this, do that. You know, but he knew that to be famous or to do exploits for God to be famous in the kingdom of heaven and to be famous in the kingdom of the devil. You know, you can be so famous in the kingdom of the devil that when your name is even mentioned, like, like, um, um, the demon said, Paul, I know, you know, who you, who are you? You know, if you, if you, you will learn, you have to learn to dwell in the secret place of the most high, you know, but Jesus went secretly. So sometimes, sometimes we have to do some things in the secret. It's not everything that is up, that ought to be out in the open. Now, I'll ask you a question. Was Jesus lying? When he told his brothers, I wasn't going. But then he went secretly. Who is ready to answer that question? Was Jesus lying? Any hand up. Was Jesus lying? Answer now. Uh-uh. Was Jesus telling a lie? Who is going to be a witness for Jesus this night? Amen. There's a hand here. In front. Was Jesus telling a lie? Let us know.
1: Um, I think he wanted to keep his going there as a secret because he said, not every truth is a lie, but every lie is untruth. Not so, every
0: untruth is a lie, but every lie
1: is untruth. on is untruth. Is untruth. Yes. Okay. Thank you. He wanted you, just to keep it secret.
0: He just wanted to keep it a secret. Any other person? Yeah. Thank you. He wanted to keep it a secret, but at the same time, I would say Jesus was somebody who was on God, who was on God's schedule. At that point when he was telling his brother, He probably hadn't heard from God. I strongly believe he hadn't heard from God. I go to Jerusalem, you know. But, after the brothers left, God said, well, now it's time for you to go to Jerusalem. Amen. So, my next point. Jesus wasn't lying. Praise the Lord. If you don't understand... uh, Okay, we've done... Yes. A man who explores the world will do exploits in the world amen, for God. If you explore the word of God on a regular basis, you will do exploits in the world for God. Remain in the secret places to be able to walk in the shadow of the most high God. We've talked about that. So, you need to remain in the secret place to be able to walk in the shadow of the most high God. In God's secret place, guess what? You can't be found. Amen. He will continue to hide us all in the secret place of his tabernacle in the name of Jesus. We will continue to dwell in his shadow, walk in his shadow, breathe in his shadow, sleep in his shadow, act in his shadow in the name of Jesus. And his name will be glorified in everything we do. So, you know, when you, when you abide in the secret place of the most high God, then you have, you have a covering. So, evil wants to explore the world. We do exploits in the world for God. In the secret place. Amen. So let's go on to verse 11. Can you take me to verse 11 please? John 11. Okay. That, 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 part, where, that part where they were saying, oh, some believed in him. You know. Some did not believe in him. But the ones that believed in him were scared. They didn't want to speak up for the fear of the Jewish leaders. CMM, can we have 10 and 11, 11 and 12, 13 splashed on the screen? Thank you. Can you go on to 12? There was a lot of grumbling. 13, let's go on to 13. About him among the crowd. Some argued, he's a good man. But others said, he's nothing but a fraud. Who deceives the people? But no one had the courage to speak favorably ab- about, about him in the public. For they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Amen. Praise the Lord. They were afraid of getting into trouble. So I'm going to ask you this line: Who are you afraid of? Why, you know, why are you never bold enough to talk about Jesus? To your friends, to your families, you know, do you have a friend? Do you have a close friend that, you know, you can't share Jesus with? And my question here goes. To whom do you owe your allegiance? Amen. Okay, that that brings me back to a part of um, the the Black Panther movie. I I really liked that part. That, you know, the CSO, I would call her the CSO, the chief security officer to the throne, to the king. You know, when it was apparent that the king had been, you know, overthrown and then the brother had taken over. And then the the former king's fiancé came and said, what are you doing? Come with us. We have to save the. No, we have to go away. We have to escape. And to see, as also said, No. My allegiance is to the throne. Whoever sits on it. Praise the Lord. The good news today is that Revelation 20 says, Our God, the Most High God, sits on his judgment throne forever. Do you know that God never leaves his judgment seats? When he moves like this, his judgment seat moves with him. When he moves like this, the throne moves with him. Everywhere he goes, his throne moves with him. So your allegiance should never, ever shift. Because you have a God who never changes. The same yesterday, today, and forever he will be. Amen. So to whom do you owe your allegiance? Whom do you owe your allegiance to? To the God. To our most high God, who is king, who is lord forever. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so that was just um, a, a blessing to me. Amen. 11, God never leaves his judgment seat. Romans 21. So we go on to John 7 verses 14 to 15. I'm sorry I keep standing every now and then. I'm trying so hard to sit. Um, it takes a lot of strength, a lot of self-discipline to be able to just sit down and control yourself all throughout. Amen. The Lord will help me in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, John 7 14 and 15. When you move at God's timing, you're empowered to give the devil a timeout. No one can stop you. You know, you're on schedule for God. You will give the enemy a timeout. 14 and 15, let's read, please. Then, midway through the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. The people were surprised when they heard him. How does. He knows so much when he hasn't been trained. Amen. Okay, so I want to I want I want to go back to that um, story I shared, you know, about God sitting on His throne forever, and um, I want to encourage us to constantly stand up for Jesus. Constantly stand up for Jesus, anywhere you are, wherever you are. Constantly stand up for Jesus. Because the Bible says when you are ashamed of him, then he will be ashamed of you on that day. But may God not be ashamed of us in the name of Jesus. May he make, may he boast about us like he boasted about Job to the enemy. That you know what, go and try him, go and try her. You know, unshakable, he won't shake in the name of Jesus. And there's a hymn that... um, um, That this particular part reminds me of. And I would like us to, CMM, can you bring up the hymn? It says, Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Choir, can you help us? We just take the first and the last stanzas. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Stand up up. for Jesus,
1: Jesus, Jesus. The last verse now. Stand up, stand up.
0: wanting there. Jesus knew that they were seeking to kill him but you know he still went. Paul knew that they were seeking to kill him but he still decided he was going to Jerusalem so that the name of the Lord will be glorified. Amen. So we'll move on to John chapter 7 verses 14 to 15. When you move at God's timing you are empowered to give the devil a timeout you know because you're on God's timing and the enemy is dancing, dancing all around you. You just command him and then heaven listens you know. Hell his Amen. Praise the Lord. So when you're on God's timing, you can put the devil on the timeout. So um let's go on to verses 14 and 15. I just want it on the screen. So midway, you know, so the, the whole festival was supposed to be for seven days, but Jesus did not stand up at the temple until the fourth day. Why? It was on schedule. He was there, you know, going about, and, you know, the, the, the previous chapter said they were looking for him, and they were asking around, where's Jesus, where's Jesus? If he had gone when his brothers told him to go, guess what? They would have found him, and he wouldn't have been able to stand up in the temple to, to minister and to be a blessing. You know, the whole purpose would have been defeated, amen. And so when he ministered at te- in the temple, you know, even those people were, you know, they were mesmerized. You know, they were in awe, they were like, ah... This guy has not even been to the rabbinical school. How come? You know, God does not call the qualified or the certified. But God certifies and he qualifies those he calls. Amen. If God calls you, he certifies you. If God calls you, he qualifies you. Amen. Praise the Lord. And that reminds me of the story in Acts chapter 4 verse 13. We're not going to read about Peter and John. How many of us can recollect that story? When, you know, the Lord, the Lord used them and then to, to, to heal, you know, to save. And the people were wondering, ah, this, these guys are unschooled men. You know, they've not gone to school. The school they meant there was a rabbinical school. These guys have not gone to school. How come? You know, but also when you're on God's timing and the glory of the Lord comes upon you, when you're walking consistently in the shadow of the most high God, his name will be glorified. Men will see the light of the Lord in you. It will shine through, you know, and the name of the Lord will be praised. Amen. Because God just wanted, Jesus just wanted to do the will of God. He didn't care about any other thing. He didn't care about being famous. He didn't care about being popular. He just wanted to do the will of God. You know, I was, I was reading something that said, in fact, most of the people that are famous today, most of the people that are famous today for one thing or the other did not set out being famous. They didn't plan it. You know, like I saw this um, very funny video of this: a Christian woman. You know, he went to the toy stores, and you know, he had. You know, she, she she bought something for the children, but the thing wasn't useful. At the end of the day, so she went back to the store to to return it to exchange it. But they said for one reason or the other, they didn't have it or they couldn't give her cash back or something so that she needed to pick something. So she said, okay, that, um, she, she wrote a book about joy, you know, and so she said, so she made up her mind and said, well, um, I'm going to use this 10 or $15 to buy something for myself. So she bought a, a a mask. I think one of these cartoon masks or something you know, and, um, she bought the mask and she got into the car. She was doing a video and she was saying, I bought this for myself. And she was laughing and she was laughing so much. And, you know, just to pass a message across to the children that this toy is not for you children. It is for me, mommy. And then she, you know, the, she posted the video on YouTube and the YouTube went viral and people were like, how can somebody laugh so hard? It's been such a long time that they heard people laugh like that and they could feel that the laughter was, but she, you know, she's a Christian and you know, she just, you know, she, because of that, she got so popular, you know, the star came, the, the people would do the movie, one of these movies, I can't remember, this popular science fiction movies, you know, and you know, they came, interviewed her, a lot of things and from there, she wrote a book about, you know, joy unlimited. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the joy of the Lord, we always flew. So how I got there is that most people that set out to be popular did not, most people that are popular today did not set out to be popular. You know, but walk in the line, walk in the will of God. Let God be your focus and you will do exploits for him in the name of Jesus. John seven sixteen to 18. John seven sixteen and 18. So, Jesus told them, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Okay, this is another interesting part. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own. You will know. If you want to do the will of God. So, we've talked about Motive. You know, we've talked about the heart. What's the motive? What was Mary's motive? What was the brother's motive? You know, Mary's motive was so that the will of God will be done. So that God will be glorified. Maybe it's time for all these prophecies, all these revelations, all these things I've been seeing about this, my child. You know, that his life will give glory to God. Maybe it's going to start at this wedding. But his brother's motive was very different. So, Jesus said, you know... His motive was to do the will of God so that God could be, you know, glorified. And, and can you go back to verse 17, please? Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God. So if you want to do the will of God, you know in your heart of heart, because you can't deceive God. No man can deceive God. And you know in your heart of heart that you want to do the will of the Lord. You will know. You will be able to discern You know, like papi was saying something about, um, when he meets somebody for the very first time, he asks, he he asks God, who is this person? And God will tell him, he's not asking God so that he can carry rumors about the person. No, he's asking the Lord so that the name of the Lord will be glorified. You know, when you now, when you give a word of knowledge about that person or, you know, word of wisdom, wouldn't God be glorified at the end of the day? He will be glorified. You will know. Amen. So my next point says, when your heart or motive is well inclined, the Holy Spirit will have full sway. Amen. A vessel for God will be prepared by God himself. So your choice, your motive, your heart, you know, sets you in the proper position for discernment. If you choose to do the will of God you will know. So your heart must be inclined towards knowing. Jesus' heart was always inclined towards knowing the will of God. He just wanted to know. Jesus, they are saying that I should go to Jerusalem. I will be popular. Are you telling me to go? And God is saying, no, it's not time to go. When do you want me to go? God is saying, you are not even going now. And then two days later, God is saying, okay, set out for Jerusalem. And probably when he was in Jerusalem, he was in the temple every day. On the fourth day, God says, okay, stand up at the temple and minister. You know, you will always know. A vessel for God. That's what that um, point says. A vessel for God will be prepared by God himself. John 7, 19 to 20. Let's read John seven nineteen to 20. Moses gave you the law, but none of you obeys it. In fact, you are trying to kill me. The crowd replied, you are demon possessed. Who is trying to kill you? Um, you say, Jesus. Jesus was telling them, all oh, this opera, because... Of the guy you remember the guy that jesus healed that jesus said pick up your mats you know and walk all this opera because of you know because jesus healed on the sabbath day and then they were plotting to you know to kill him and um can you go back to verse 19 again please so he said moses gave you the law and if you remember what we did on um, um gold and silver and gold series that um, pastor taught us about the Abrahamic Covenant you know the Mosaic Covenant Jesus came and to do away with the Mosaic Covenant but the Abrahamic Covenant continues you know so these people in obeying this Mosaic Covenant you know paradoxically they were disobeying it Exodus 20:13. what does Exodus 20:13 13 says you must not murder and they were planning to kill Jesus you know, so sometimes when we, you know, in law we we, call, we have what we call the, the spirit of the law. There, are, in law, we say there are different ways to interpret a particular law. Now, when when the um, when the interpretation, you know, plain language interpretation is not achieving its purpose, then we look at other means of interpreting the law. You know, so but there's one. So if all else All other ways of interpreting the law fails. All other ways they fail. Then we say, okay, what is the spirit behind that law? What does this law intend to achieve? Rather than adhering strictly to the letter of the law. But that's what those people were doing. They were adhering strictly to the letter of the law. Jesus was telling them, you are circumcising your children, you know, on Sabbath day. But I healed this person. I made a whole human being, whole and you are persecuting me for it. You want to kill me for it. And then Jesus went on to say, if, if they've not, um, if you've not been, um, um, sorry. And then they told him he was mad, he was possessed. You know, if they could tell Jesus he was mad, he was possessed. When you stand to exercise your faith in God and they have not told you that you are mad or you are possessed, then you have not tried enough. Amen. You have not gone that far with God. Amen. I remember there was one time, oh, it happens to me once in a while, once, once in a while, you know, I'll be in the car and sometimes when I'm, um, I like driving, but you know, so when my driver is not available, I just enjoy my driving because I can worship in the car. So, but that day I just felt like I just really, really wanted to worship. And I was driving in the car and I was just kabashing, Lord, I give you all the glory. And then I turned and somebody was looking at me. It's all right, it's all well with this one. I'm Like, I don't care whatever you think right now. I just want to worship my father. Amen. So sometimes, you know, when you have not gotten to that stage, they called, they told Jesus he was mad, they told him he was possessed, but we know that um, it was operating by the power of the most high God. Amen. So don't get carried away when men carry you. Amen. When men carry you, don't get carried away. That's what that point is. But when God carries you, no man can query you. Amen. When men carry you, they can drop you. But when God carries you, no man can query you. If your faith has made, if your faith has not gotten to that stage okay I've, I've talked about that so let's go to go on to verses 22 and 24 amen but you work on the sabbath too when you obey Moses' law of circumcision actually this tradition of circumcision began with the patriarchs long before the law of moses for if the correct time for circumcising your son falls on the sabbath you go ahead and do it so as not to break the law of moses So why should you be angry with me for healing a man on the Sabbath? Look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. Amen. So so Jesus was telling them here, you know, how do you discern? How do you discern? You need to be able to look. Can I have, there's a chat. There's a communication chat. Look beyond the surface so that, look beneath the surface so that you can judge correctly. You know, even we as human beings, can can I have that chat come up please? Even we as human beings, you know, in communication, they say that, Of all the world's communication, only 70% of what we are trying to communicate, only 7% are words. Others are body movements. 38% are, so that's why when you're talking to people, pay attention to their, you know, body language. That's why they say action speaks louder than words. You know, like a man comes home from work and the wife asks, how was work today? And the guy says, work was fine. Was work really fine? (laughs) No, work wasn't really fine. Even though the man was saying work was fine. Amen. So that is man to man. How much more the spiritual. There's so much more to the spiritual that we do not know. There is so much more. Can I have the picture of the iceberg? There's so much more to the spiritual that we do not know. That's why they call this thing the tip of the iceberg. When you see the iceberg, what you see on top is just very, very minor compared to what you see under. Amen. But Jesus told them that look let's go back to verse 24 look beneath look beneath so that you may be, be able to judge how are you judging your fellow human beings are you judging by grace you know are you judging by by your sight are you judging by what you hear amen the lord will help us in the name of jesus how do you discern what is your motive the spirit of which we should which we should desire to have that gift of discernment but if your motive for wanting to descend is so that you can gossip about it so that God will not be glorified, then forget about it, you know. So, that, that particular part of the scripture helps us to understand, you know, how we can descend. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. I want to ask you a question. How many times have we made super, superficial allegations only to later discover our errors? Never ever forget the big picture never forget the big picture irrespective of whatever might be going on whatever you may be going through whatever may be happening around you never ever forget the big picture and the name of the lord will be glorified in the name of jesus i would like to end with this story can you bring up the, the story okay before sorry before going to the story here are five things jesus would tell us to do if jesus was standing here number 1 move at my word at my timing If you want to know how to move at God's timing, you learn to hear from God. If you've not done the NCR, you need to sign up for the NCR. Number two, abide in my secret place. Abide in my secret place. We've heard a lot about the secret place today. So that the shadow of the most high God will go with you everywhere. Stand for me always. Stand up for Jesus. Anywhere you are, stand up for Jesus. Let me be at the center of your life. Jesus stood up at the center of that um, festival, you know, at the middle of the festival, and, you know, God was glorified. Number five, you can only judge correctly when you allow the Holy Spirit to reign in you. Amen. Psalm 32 verse 3 says, I will guide you along the best path for your life. If you want to know how to discern, want to walk in the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit, I'll ask you to please take the journey. If you've not done the journey, please take the journey classes. Amen. Amen. Let me, I would, I'd like to end with this story. Can I have the, can we have the story in full blast? Like I sent it out. Is it possible? Okay, I'll read it. There's a story about some friends who went swimming in a river. It was spring and the glacier runoff had made the river pretty dangerous. Nonetheless, one of the guys jumped in, got caught in the current and was taken to the dangerous parts of the rapids. One of his friends on the shore was a lifeguard and all the other friends looked at him to do something. He just stood there though, not moving, just staring at his friend. The others began to panic and yell at him, telling him, you know, to go save his friend. Still nothing. They looked out into the river and saw their friend struggling desperately. In an instant though, the struggle stopped. He could no longer fight and began to drown. When that happened, the lifeguard jumped in with a few swift strokes, rescued the friend, and brought him to the shore. With the adrenaline wearing off, the group yelled at the lifeguard, why didn't you jump in earlier? He could have died. He calmly looked at them and said, I had to wait until he fully gave up. Unless he stopped fighting, he would have dragged me under and drowned me with him but the minute he gave up i could save him amen praise the lord are you struggling this night you may already be born again and you're still struggling why don't you leave all the struggles and everything and just leave them at the at the feet of jesus you know are you struggling with hearing from god are you struggling with being on god's schedule what exactly is it? Are you struggling with discerning? Are you always getting into trouble with friends, with families, because you said what you're not supposed to have said, or, you know, because you've, you've moved to the wrong people. You know, you've associated with the wrong people. You know, Jesus is waiting. He's a lifeguard. He's on duty. The Bible says in night, he never sleeps, nor slumbers, you know. And so I would like to encourage you this night, all eyes closed, all heads Bowed. If you're here this night, you've heard the story of salvation so many times, but you're still struggling. You're struggling. You're struggling. Why don't you drop everything at the feet of Jesus this night and let his name be glorified? If you're still struggling with your walk with the Most High God, tell him, drop everything at his feet and let his name be glorified. If you're here this night, And you do not know this God that we have been talking about. This God who can hide you in his secret place. This God in whose shadow you can walk and nobody can do you any harm. Can you please put up your hand this night? Don't leave this place this night without giving your life to the Lord Jesus. Just raise your hand. All eyes are closed. If you're here, amen. I can see a hand. Any other hand. Raise your hand. The ushers will give you a card. Don't leave this place without meeting that God that God that is the hope of the hopeless. Amen. Father, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your word this night. Thank you mighty father for your son who has given his life unto you. Lord, we give you all the praise. Thank you for forgiving him his sins. Today he becomes your son. Make his walk with you effortless and let your name be glorified. In the name of Jesus we have prayed amen praise the lord hallelujah amen we give god all the praise all the praise questions are there any questions this night okay there's a hand there any other hand okay two any other after this one we won't take any other questions thank you okay so that hand and this hand <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.
2: The story you ended with blew me off balance. And uh, is it, does it really have to get to that st- estate where one like the guy who was trying and stop fighting before the head comes. Thank Yesterday you. morning, today's morning, that was the question I asked. Why did God just so allow some people to just thrive in their wickedness? You know, I find it difficult to connect. And the other question is. Mm, When those guys, those folks said to Jesus that this is demon-possessed, how could they have said that to him? Isn't that a height of insult? Why didn't Jesus respond or do something just so that they will know that at least he's the one from above? Send the
0: angels. Wipe them off. Amen. Thank you for those beautiful questions. Okay, does it have to get to that stage? It really doesn't have to get, you will remember that at the beginning of the story, you know, there were a number of them. It wasn't just that guy. There were a group of friends. But then, they, they knew that, you know, the winds had changed. It had gotten dangerous. You know, the current had, had moved on to another level. So, wisdom should prevail and tell the guy, don't jump in there. You know, as for unbelievers, you know, they've been hearing, they've been hearing, they've been hearing. But sometimes some people need to have some divine encounters to be able to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. That's for unbelievers. For some Christians too. The Bible says you will hear the voice behind you saying this is the way. Walk therein." And I'm saying that we are not all inclu- including me. We are not all guilt free. Sometimes God will say, you know, go this way, go this way. You're like, ah, This one, does it really make sense? Ah, what what, what will it look like? But the Bible says we always hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk therein." If you consistently listen to the word, to the voice of the Holy Spirit, we will never find ourselves in that position where we will fall into the ditch. Unless God allows it. And when God allows it, it is going to be for his glory. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So your second question was, sorry. Okay, Yeah, Jesus was insulted. You know, I was saying that um, this, um, John focused heavily on the deity of Jesus. Jesus as God and then Jesus as man. So, I I believe God allowed Jesus to go through. You know, Jesus was on schedule. If God had spoken to him, that call Peter, call Peter, let him bring the sword. Let him rake off the ears of this, you know, (laughs) praise the Lord. But, but Jesus was on schedule with God and Jesus knew when to move when not to move. And I think Jesus experienced all those things. He taught us all those things so that when we also experience all those things, we know how to react. You know, we won't go out lashing back at people, you know, exhibiting fruits that are not signs of the fruits of the spirit. So, Jesus in the book of John, focus was Jesus as God and Jesus as man. Amen. Okay, so the last question.
2: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's um, actually not a question. It's um, a lesson I learned from tonight's teaching. Um, I believe Christians should be unpredictable to the enemy. As a Christian and as a spirit-filled being, you shouldn't be able to be predicted by the enemy. And the only way you can do that is if you are living in the secret place of the Most High God. So, if you are a Christian and the enemy can still know what you are going to do next, definitely you are not yet Mm. there. But if you are living in the secret place of the Most High, the enemy might see you, but just as Jesus did, Mm. they saw him even after their plots against Mm. him, they didn't know when he got there, so they were unable to do anything to him. So, when we are unpredictable to the enemy and we live in the secret place of the most high god mm. we will do fine in life
0: amen thank you for that contribution absolutely absolutely you know we are children of um, the ancient of this lion of the tribe of judah and you remember that in the old testament that even though the israelites fought a lot of battle you know, but Jesus, God, God at different points had different, you know, strategies. You know, there were times he would tell them to shout. There were times he would tell them to just sing. There were times he would tell them to just go with the touch. Thank you. So, Jesus, so if, we, if we are in sync with God, you know, if, we, if our lives are in consonance, you know, with the Holy Spirit, then we will always thrive and victory will always be ours in the name of Jesus. And anything that doesn't seem like victory right now, Trust the Lord; it will end up in a testimony in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
2: Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Tell me, because I'm and